Hi and welcome to episode 35 of Be The Drop, a weekly podcast that investigates how to create genuine connection with your community. I'm Amelia Veal and by interviewing a wide range of people who have built engaged communities, I aim to uncover and share the secrets to great communication. In today's episode, I talk with Lachlan Klein, Mayor of Unley, a man who has always been captivated by a sense of community. A community that centres around local facilities, businesses and the people within them. Lachlan is driven by community connections and by the feeling of being part of something bigger than himself. Mayor Klein talks about the importance of humanisation in communication and community as the soul and heartbeat of a place and reveals how to motivate action simply by being open to it. This is Lachlan's version of Be The Drop. Thank you so much for joining me, Lachlan, in our next episode of Be The Drop. And it's amazing to be here in the Mayor's Parlour. Welcome to the Mayor's Parlour. It's lovely to have you here to talk about communication and how our community comes together. That's right. and. As a way of introduction, we always start with my guests introducing themselves via an item of significance. Sure. And I see you've got yours there, so can you explain what it is and how it connects you with your community? So, as a kid, Dad used to take me to see Sturt play. And it wasn't actually at Unley Oval, it was at Adelaide Oval, because at about the time that I was old enough to, to go to the footy with Dad, Sturt had moved from Unley Oval, their, their heart, the, the, the place that they had, uh, they had been since 1903. Um, but it was, it was wonderful to go to the footy with Dad for a really long period of time um, in, the, in the 90s when Sturt couldn't even win a game. And it taught us that um, persistence pays off and that you, you get behind your club and you stick with them through thick and thin. Uh, and after a period of time, they, they did get better and then they won the 2002 Premiership um, uh, and, and then uh, the Bali bombing occurred, which really devastated uh, that club. The club shortly moved back to Unley Oval and Unley Oval uh, is uh, this wonderful space that's got a wonderful blend between the community being able to come in and use it and organised sport uh, Sturt Football Club who've now moved back there, play their home games there uh, and so many kids who've grown up in the area will have gone and seen Sturt play, will have kicked uh, a footy like this through the goals uh, and will have so many memories. When you talk to anyone who's, who's older as well in the 60s and 70s when Sturt was winning premiership after premiership uh, and Unley Oval was was that central melting pot where the community came together. So that's why I've got this, because it doesn't just represent the past, but it represents the future and some um, exciting changes that will occur at Unley Oval in conjunction with Sturt Footy Club over the next few years. Oh, brilliant. And, and obviously you've got quite a diverse community. You've started mentioning them a bit there. But as the Mayor of Unley, who do you see as your community? Yeah, so to begin with, I guess it's everyone that's within the 14.2 square kilometres of Unley that pays rates. So that's sort of the entry point. You know, 
The community is the people that are living here, that own property, uh, the people that own businesses and working businesses. And then from there, you've also got people that come here to the many schools that we have, that come here to shop, uh, that come here to visit their family. Um, my community is about 40,000 people who are the residents and ratepayers of the city of Unley, but also the broader people that uh, you know, play in the area and, that, and do business in the area as well. So what you're talking about then in your role is really uniting that community together. So what have you found is the key aspects? How do you, how do, you do that? And you mentioned people who might be holding back. How do you provide a space within you know, a suburb uh, or an area to bring community together? How, how do you do that? Well, I think to begin with, you need to think about the organisation as a, as a, and the culture of the organisation. So our organisation has about 180 full-time equivalent staff who cover off over a range of different areas. Um, now, if the culture of the organisation is wanting to be approached by people who've got ideas to make events happen uh, and wants to facilitate them to make those events happen, then when people do approach them, and have a really good experience, they start to talk about that experience with other people in a similar field. So on a business front, uh, we have a business development officer uh, who works with our main streets. So we have these main street trader associations that are generating ideas and our coordinator needs to facilitate and does a really good job in facilitating events so that our streets are attractive places for people to come and spend their money in from outside our area. So we've had a range of events. Um, the biggest and best one that we do annually is the Unley Gourmet Gala on King William Road. Um, and that attracts oh, some 30,000 people uh, per year to that event. It's fantastic, brings people from all over uh, to the road uh, who will then remember that and come back at other times throughout the year because of the good experience that they've had. So that's obviously quite a complicated uniting that you've got going on there. <laughs> obviously communication is going to be a critical part of that to really bring different disparate groups together and then motivate them to take action. So what is it that you find that is that real critical element that takes them from uniting because you might provide that that vehicle and the opportunity, but then how do you motivate that community to actually get, in, get involved and engage? I mean, I think the community um, is often chomping at the bit to want to get engaged and make things happen. So uh, I think in them seeing council as being a facilitator for events, uh, rather than thinking, oh, if they have to approach council, it's just gonna be wrapped up in red tape and it's gonna be too hard. We have tried to slash some of that red tape to make it easier and we, we are seeing some events choosing to come to Unley as a result of that. I mean, not being Adelaide City Council, we can't host necessarily very large cultural events, but we can cater for the smaller startup cultural events. And one example is the Sri Lankan Food and Wine Festival. Started three years ago up at uh, Fullerton Park Community Centre didn't have a, a great number of people attend the first one, but this year in its third year, I mean, 
there were just queues going into the food stalls. There were people uh, from across the greater Adelaide metropolitan area who were attracted to this because it had grown. And we're expecting that the Sri Lankan Food and Wine Festival will have grown to such a point that it will you know, get poached by Adelaide City Council and go to a larger venue. And I think that's a, a real sign of um, success for us that we've been able to help something grow mm. and move on. And that's great to see that as a success and, and, you know, it's outgrown its space here and it moves on to another place and then something new will come in and, yep. and take its place. So you mentioned that community is a heartbeat within what you're doing and your role. What is it that you think you do to help facilitate a beat? You know, what are you doing there? What's your CPR strategy? <laughs> I think it's all about um, being approachable and presenting yourself as approachable, you know, whether that's simply in an informal setting, like the other day at the first game of Sturt v Adelaide. Sturt unfortunately lost by two points. Um, I had five people come to talk to me about five different issues, council related, not to do with the footy, just because um, they recognise and appreciate and felt comfortable being able to tap me on the shoulder and say, you're Lachlan, you're, you're the mayor. Yeah, great, okay, I, I wanna talk to you about my neighbor's dog that's barking. <laughs> that was one of them. The other one was, I wanna talk to you about the street parking, you know, this person lives close to King William Road, there's a lot of people that park, the street itself is very narrow, and they're very keen just to see parking restrictions. Then you've got your, your digital world, your social media platforms, doing a little bit on a, on a semi-regular basis to push stuff out there. Um, people will, will see it, they might not necessarily engage with it, they may not hit the like button or, or comment, but they'll see it in their newsfeed They'll understand a, you know, what's going on. B, that um, they can interact with me later on. Um, the personal touch is still incredibly important today um, uh, for, for every demographic. Um, when I visit schools, when I take people to, you know, have a tour of how a council meeting works, I bring them in, you know, sit them around as councillors, talk to them. They really enjoy that personal touch uh, of engaging, um, seeing you, um, you know, asking you a question. And I think that that humanises uh, the relationship that council has you know, through me uh, with the community. Because one of my fears is that, so someone might be a, a mayor or politician or, and uh, people don't see them as having kids is um, they only see what is portrayed to them in the newspaper or on TV. And so they're not, they're not a real person, they're just someone that's on the box. And so you run the risk of having people being too critical and negative towards our, our politicians and mayors um, because they don't have that face-to-face -face interaction. And the number of people that might have seen something in the paper about a decision that's, that council has made um, that are quite aggrieved by the decision, um, who then, in approaching you and talking to you about it and understanding what sits behind the decision, feel much more comfortable afterwards. Mm. Um, so that 
that personal interaction which breaks down, um, which, which enables people to ask questions and interact is still so critical today. So, I mean, you've touched on a lot of aspects there. I just want to unpack a couple of those if we can. So, um, well, social media, and you're talking about platforms, you've listed off quite a lot. I mean, that's a lot to manage. Are there some that you find are, are, are connecting more with your community um, than others? Yeah, I find that people are actually using social media now more for messaging. When I go to the schools and I ask them, what platforms are you on? Instagram and Snapchat seem to be the two big ones. Mm. And when I ask people how they're using them, they often say that it's not necessarily that they're posting publicly so much, but they're just communicating with their friends and, mm. and their networks. That's, that's where our kids and how they use this technology is where it's gonna head. Mm. And so understanding how they're using it and how I need to be using it that, that mirrors what they're doing is, is is, is a really fun challenge for me. Yeah. But another important way to engage with people um, is when there is a report in the paper about something that's happening on in council, so the advertiser were uh, one paper town, to engage with people in the comments section um, because people might write something um, and then to offer some clarification or some further information to them really adds a depth and I think people respect that you are responding to them uh, in that section. Mm, and that's really interesting. So you're in, in effect, you're understanding where your community is going to get their information and instead of expecting them to always come to you, it's then going to them where they're getting that information and giving them additional insights. Um, and that's actually been, in an odd way, kind of exciting. Because we've got this, yeah, this legislation written in 1999 uh, talking about consultation and what needs, to, what needs to be involved. We've got this perception in the community that governments don't really care about consultation. But I think some of the decisions we've made have demonstrated to people that when they come and make their deputation, when they fill out the feedback form uh, and when they engage with the process, um, we are capable as a government of listening and modifying what it is that we want to achieve to reflect what the community wants. You're talking about some quite complicated communication requirements. You've got a lot of different needs within a community, different, like they're going to be disagreeing needs at times. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure that requires a lot of time investment. You know, what part of your role is communication and connection within your community? Um, to be honest, it's almost all about communicating with the community. So classic example. So we're looking at uh, a bike path. Uh, which is going to mean that the right of ways will change on certain streets and there could be some parking implications. So some cars might not be able to park where they used to be able to park because of the bike path. So you have the bike group and you've got the group that's been using that traffic network the way that it has been for however, and they don't want to see changes occur. Uh, both have an equal claim to wanting to see a decision made for either bikes or, 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 or parking and how it has been. Um, the only way to get 
a resolution, a decision which brings the two together is to acknowledge that there need to be um, some sacrifices made by both groups. We often push for change beyond where it will actually change to in the short term. Uh, and, and sort of that old adage, shoot for the stars and, you know, you, you land somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you might not get to the stars, but you, you've, you've gone up a little bit. Sometimes with local government processes, it is a, a, a machine that's cogs wheels can move a little slowly. And that is a little disconcerting for members of the community because in everyday life, family life, business life, the cogs can move really, really quickly. But then the issue of traffic management down their road, the, you know, you, you come back after a few weeks and they say, has it been fixed? And you say, oh, no, the process actually means that we've, we've gotten to here um, and it's not going to be for some time until it, it's resolved. I, I, I've been guilty of thinking that something can happen faster than it, it actually can. Um, and that's why you know, our staff are very good in saying uh, to me as well, no, you know, sometimes it, it will take a little bit longer than that. Thank you so much for joining me, Lachlan. Oh, thanks, Amelia. And in conclusion, though, you're not quite off the hook yet. Okay. I like to finish. <laughs> Here's the stinger. Yeah, this is oh, the yeah. stinger with Lachlan's Be The Drop tip. So this is your top communication tip. Yeah. Be sincere. Uh, and invest time in wanting to genuinely have a two-way conversation about an issue. So don't just put out a post as if I'm telling you this is what is happening. Try to offer uh, this is a problem, uh, we want to find a solution, here's a suggested solution, um, but I don't know whether this is 100% the way to go. So sincerely collaborate. Sincerely collaborate. Actually take on board the issues that are raised uh, when you're asking for people's opinions. And whilst they might not have got 100% of what they wanted, they, they also then start to see there are other, other people in the community that may want slightly different things to what they want. And yep, overall, we can all live with the outcome that we've arrived at. Brilliant. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Amelia. Thanks for listening to Be The Drop podcast. Be sure to subscribe in iTunes or your favourite podcast app. Leave us a review or share with someone who is looking to improve their communication. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram at B underscore the underscore drop or visit our website, narrativemarketing.com.au and click on the podcast tab. If you or somebody you know embodies Be The Drop, email us via podcast at narrativemarketing.com.au. New episodes are released each Monday, so make sure you don't miss out by checking in every week.